0: Whether you're building a city in a dried-out shell behind a dam. Whether you're building a city in a dried-out shell behind a dam. Or building up a secret underground bunker full of vegetables and weird tree zombies. You need insurance. And that's why we're so happy that this coverage of Fear the Walking Dead is sponsored by GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Here, The Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 11 the holding is over. But we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. We've got a well-oiled machine for you here. Let me paint a picture. We're going to pluck the vegetables out of our hydroponic gardens. We're going to chop up the sweet potatoes, crack the eggs, whisk them in a bowl, and serve you up a quiche. Full of all of our best thoughts about everything that happened this episode. My name is Jessica Lee, and of course, with me is my trusty sous chef, Chappelle.
1: Oh, is this the Top Chef uh, podcast that we've been dreaming of making, <laughs> or is this The Walking Dead? What are we doing this week?
0: Um, I think Porque no los dos, man.
1: <laughs> I... I- You know, I don't mind spoiling Top Chef for everybody who's listening, so let's do both. (laughs) Um, No, um, thank you for having me back again, as usual. I'm happy to be here. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but the end is the beginning. So now that Fear the Walking Dead is over, let's begin the podcast. Let's talk about it.
0: Yes, it is. Again, I feel like the end is the beginning. They just sort of stole that from, you know, the world is over. The new civilization is just getting just started. Getting
1: started, yeah. They are clearly
0: <laughs> PSR fans, man.
1: We had suspected they were listening to us talk about The Walking Dead for a while, and I think this is proof. This is you know unflappable proof right here. No, nothing can change my
0: mind. Yep, yeah, we've got their ears. So, with that in mind, while we know we have everybody's ear over at FTWD, <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to go on record right now as saying. I don't understand why all of these post-apocalyptic societies have to make it weird. You're doing (laughs) fine by yourselves. You got an omelet bar, guys. You got a whole freaking omelet bar. You have figured out a way to use the zombies in a way that it's productive. You are growing vegetables. You got chickens. You got milk. It's all good. Why do you need to go and make it weird? Why you do gotta, you have to have a tree zombie? Why do you have to have <laughs> embalming fluid? Don't make it weird. Just have the underground bunker with the vegetables and it's all good, man. You got to cult it up.
1: You got to cult oh. it up. If you've learned nothing else from the Walking Dead universe is that if it gets good, it's because there's a cult behind it. Nothing runs in this in, in the world without a cult. I think if if nothing else, the Walking Dead will always show us that. Like If it looks like it's too good to be true, you see the quiche, you see the omelet bar, you see the civilization... Something in the back of your head should be saying, "Is this a cult? Is this a cult?" Before you even see the the weird zombie <laughs> seeing tree, and people start talking to you about the mysterious teddy that no one sees, but we all have to listen to every word that he ever says all the time. Like you have to start thinking, "This is really nice. Is this a cult?" Yeah, because well, I, th- that's the running question with The Walking Dead. It seems.
0: Yeah, and it's. It, I feel like so many of these people have it figured out, except for the cult part. And it was even one of those things where. Sometimes it is too good to be true. Like when you roll up to Terminus Mm -hmm. and you have Lieutenant Yar standing out front being like, here's a plate of barbecue. Come on in. Like that's messed up already. You know, there's something not right there. (laughs) You got the, you know, you have the awesome cabin in the woods where Charlie and Alicia roll up and it's like, oh, it's very cozy in here. But, oh, this guy makes weird art out of zombies and he wants to make it out of humans too. Okay. Yeah, some of that I get, but there's other places I feel like you'd be doing fine. You don't need the whole other extra weird dimension on it. And a lot of these communities, I, I find that. They turn out to be weird and then they try to blame the weirdness of everybody else around them for their weirdness. Like you heard it this this week. They roll up mm-hmm. and and Alicia's like, I want to keep my weapon. And they're like, oh no, we found out the hard way. We don't let people keep our weapons. Like, oh, you're gonna blame other people for you being the way you are. Sure. That's great. <laughs> but you know, our groups never seem to bring somebody in, at least they don't they would not feel this way. I know you would feel differently. <laughs> our groups don't ever tend to bring people into their fold who turn out to be bad choices. Yeah, and all of these other groups are like, is this why? Is this why our group stayed relatively not weird because all of the other communities brought in somebody who turned on them or was way too weird?
1: Yeah, it's like our, we have the community of the weirdos that would turn on you and make it weird. So it's like, yes. Yeah, so they can't bring anybody in who would turn on them because, I mean, look who's running the place. Morgan's running <laughs> it. Strand's yeah. running the place. Whether, it's, you know, Virginia's murderous uh, daughter sister is around. Like these are, This is a motley crew of the people who you take the guns from, and they all just have to be living together. So whenever we come up on a different society and they say, hey, we have to take your guns, it's because they're trying to stop these legitimate people from doing the things that they're eventually going to do. And you can agree or disagree with that because these people have a point. If they wanted to keep their cult going, they should not have let them in with guns. It's a, it definitely matters, but it's still a cult and they're still crazy people. And they're trying to kill these people. They won't allow them to leave. That's another pattern that we see in all these civilizations. Mm-hmm. Once, once you walk in, whether you want to be there or not, it's like, Oh no, now you can never leave. I'm sorry. What? If you leave, they'll kill you. Why? I haven't done anything. Well, you said Morgan's <laughs> name. Well, so I got to die now? I just don't understand how we get from point A to murder very quickly in all of these civilizations.
0: Yeah. And I think this is kind of your side of a healthy civilization. And granted, we have not tested this with Morgantown yet. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like if you find a group of people, figure out what happens if I try to leave. <laughs> if the answer is they kill you, this is not a good group of people. The mm-hmm. answer is they're like, oh, oh, cool. Do you need anything for the trip? All right, fine. Have a good time. Hope you find what you're looking for. I think those guys are pretty chill. Yeah. But I guess we never see people leave the core group unless they're forced to, or compelled to, or taken from the group, or they die. Yeah. I would love to see. I would love to see an amicable break, amicable breakup in one of these situations.
1: Yeah, and uh, you have a good point, because if you tell, let's say, what is this, the holding? If you tell the people the holding, like, hey, I want to leave, they're going to say, no, you can't leave, because otherwise they'll try to kill you. But at that point, it's too late. Like, you've already showed up. And I mean, what's Mm -hmm. your option at that point? Like, oh, you're bad people. Got it. I guess I'll just... Join the cult, then I don't have a lot of options at this point. Guess I'll
0: die. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why we sent we sent our away team into the mm-hmm. holding this week because they were trying to suss out what happens if you leave these people and are they just like a hippie vegetarian commune mm-hmm. or do they have a tree zombie and a guy who broadcasts brainwashing messages over a loudspeaker? Yeah, and it turns out it's the latter. But it got even weirder.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's weird in a lot of ways. I think. The walking dead has this weird fascination with like taxidermy and embalming things like mm-hmm. like like hey we get that they're walking and dead but what if we kept them as pets it, like <laughs> it pop, it happens a lot and this you know like oh i i've transformed this zombie into a antler zombie that now can walk around and and protect myself or Michelle and even walking around with these zombies on leashes to protect herself or, uh, you know, and we've seen zombies use this booby traps. So like, Oh, we put the zombies out here. So you can't get to our cult, Luciana, you know, if you, if you can, if you don't get to the zombies, you know, first. And now they have a zombie meat locker where they hang the zombies up embalmed and they use it to, I don't do know. Something. Why? Why? <laughs> what is
0: this? What is this even? <laughs> Chappelle, what are they doing with these?
1: I don't know. I was like, I was watching. I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool meat locker. Because they're just hanging up there. They're, I mean, they're not eating anybody. They're just in there. I, I, I think this is prison. Like, So this is what I took from that moment. Because they were saying, hey, Alicia, you don't get to die and be a part of the the earth and the ecosystem and, and breathe life into the world again. You have to be embalmed and just, just be. Until for eternity, like it's almost like they're dead, like eternal damnation to embalming fluid. Uh, And I just don't know. It just seems a little bit too cute. You know, like, really, really? This cult is so above everyone else that, oh, no, you don't even deserve to be buried. You have to be kept as a zombie hostage for the for the rest of eternity. Really? That seems a little extra.
0: Yeah, it was extremely extra. (laughs) Because at first I thought, oh are these you know, is it a meat locker? Is it like a literal meat locker, are they keeping these guys until they can grind them up in the grinder and make some more potting soil? I thought Mm -hmm. that's actually pretty clever, but then they came up with the whole embalming thing and and then this is the part I really didn't get. And we're gonna we're gonna have many, many questions about this scene. So I think (laughs) we're gonna have to circle back to this scene later, but why? I guess is my question again. Why Why was it so important to have this meat locker full of embalmed zombies and why was why were they so put out and why were they so butthurt when Alicia set them all on fire? I mean, Teddy even says, you have destroyed everything we have worked for. Like, really? What? We destroyed <laughs> a bunch of dead bodies in a meat locker that probably didn't smell very good and were just taking up space. I, I think she did you a favor, guy.
1: <laughs> from my point of view they, they the fire probably destroyed a lot more right because i know when Al and um alan west and them they go back and uh, luciana they go back and report to morgan they say oh no the fire was huge you know it was this big huge fire blah blah and then you you juxtapose that with teddy saying you destroyed everything we we're working for so i'm thinking a part of holding town is like gone mm, you know like
0: they she wrecked the vegetable lab
1: exactly now we can't have our quiche we can't do our thing you know our break our breakfast bar um i think that's what it is because y- you're right i had to think about it twice i was like what is he talking about you just burned like seven zombies and they were already dead but then i thought about you know what alan and I were saying. I was saying it's like oh no if it was like this big blaze and there's a chance they're all there like agri is it agriculture that is, is it like a garden mm-hmm. uh, agriculture is all of, like it, it's ruined and now they have to start over from scratch i did i wonder if alicia made things worse you know like burning that is is this the reason why these people are in our business now because before y'all went we had (laughs) like they like we knew they didn't really love virginia and we learned since you went that they don't love morgan or at least they're very interested in him but prior to that you and i've talked about this on the podcast before they hadn't really done anything to you and so i mean tank town was a thing that happened but it really happened to you and so I was like, well, why did you go looking for this trouble? Because now that you burned down half of their civilization, you got it. You think they're going to let this go, Alicia? I highly doubt it.
0: Yeah, there was a missing piece in there. And they tried to play it like Tanktown was some kind of inciting incident. And they're going to avenge Tanktown. But it's like Tanktown was almost a year ago at this point, at least in our brains. And <laughs> they really don't... They really didn't let it loom large enough that we cared. They stuck this whole section of like John Dory film noir Mm -hmm. murder mystery in the middle there and then told us that was an inciting incident. So now we're going to zoom out and go to the other inciting incident. And I feel like this is some really uneven storytelling. Like if Tang (laughs) Town is a big deal. Let's kill off a major character at Tanktown and feel the weight of it. Instead, mm. it's like, oh, yeah, uh, Wes, this guy that we've seen in four episodes and we kind of sort of know. Yeah, he got some shrapnel and he has a big scar there and it hurt him. And he is it was very inconvenient. That That's yeah. our that's our thing that we're avenging.
1: Pretty much. I mean, they keep they want Tanktown to be a thing so bad. And you and I just don't care. Every no. week we come on here, and we're like Tank Town again. Are we still talking about that?
0: Um, it happened. Yeah, I, I guess I'm sad,
1: I guess. Not really, honestly. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm happy that Wes isn't able to move on for something like Tank Town because it did hurt him. He was inconvenienced. So, you know, I lo- I love a good grudge. But yeah, this that wasn't enough to incite anything. This was kind of like we found out Morgan was on your radar, and then we went in, burned down half your civilization. So now we have a problem with you.
0: you know? Yeah. Now you. Now everybody is on their radar. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I mean, Alicia is Madison Clark's daughter, so we knew this was a thing that was going to happen eventually. But it really, I feel like I'm not, I'm not feeling the stakes here, and. I know the stakes are there and we're going to dig into what those stakes are and why they're there, but it's just not coming across in in a clear enough way. And I think there's ways they could have made that more obvious just in the order in which they're telling the story, the importance of what happened when there's a lot they could be doing differently. That would make me care about this more.
1: Yeah. Are the stakes there though? Because I kind of still don't understand what the holding people want. Like, I mean, I get it. Now they have to avenge the fact that she's done this and they don't love Morgan for whatever reason. But what is their plan? You and I discussed uh, like, a, OK, maybe they're down there living life and they're just going to nuke everything above. Mm-hmm. OK, fine. I didn't get any hints of nukes this episode, so I still don't know we, what's going on.
0: We did not, Chappelle, but I think we did get some slight confirmation that that is what they're going to do. Okay. and it, it hinges on basically one line of dialogue. What you got um, they said something about we're about to close the doors for good. Yeah. And we're not going back out again. And what that means to me is it's nuke time. And the reason (laughs) they don't like Morgan and for this, we do have to stretch all the way back to the beginning of the season. And we have to think back to when we cared about those guys that were looking for the keys Oh yeah! And there was the nuclear submarine, or there was a big submarine. We assume it is nuclear. <laughs> so here's what I think is going on. Okay. They had those guys that were out looking for the keys. Morgan killed a guy that had a key and took the key. These guys know Morgan has the keys because they ran into Morgan. And because it needs two keys to open, because it's like a fail-safe thing. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, it's like the nuclear football
1: turn a key at the same time or it doesn't work. Got you.
0: They they know Morgan has the other key and that's why they give a crap about anything Morgan is doing. And so I think what their plan is, is exactly the thing that you said was the smartest play. And I am heartened to see these guys really, again, if it weren't for the weird culty stuff, they have a lot figured out. They're going to do your plan. They're going to nuke everything and stay downstairs. And I think it's a great plan. And they even figured out how to use the zombies for something useful, which nobody ever tries to do. But that's the weird culty thing. But if they get hold of Morgan, they can make this plan happen. That's why Morgan is important.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now it's starting to make sense. So, yeah, they get the key and then they can shut the door and then they can nuke everything above ground. And then they can sustain themselves below because they have, like, you know, the zombie reserves from people dying. Um Other people dying as well, um, you know, will die. People will die below ground, you know, and so they will be able to keep them as their zombie reserves. Um, And so, yeah, I guess it's sustainable. We're supposed to believe that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've they had, you know, they have the grow lights. They presumably have some kind of fuel source. I don't know where how they're powering everything, but. The way that they're running and everything, I would not be surprised to find that they have another room in there with a bunch of treadmills and a bunch of zombies on the treadmills, which, again, is the thing I've been beating the drum on since day one. Like <laughs> They are perpetual motion machines. They don't need fuel. Just put them on a treadmill and let them power your civilization. I, They've clearly got some stuff figured out. Yeah. And I think it's almost – and I hate this because I feel like there have been other points in this series where I have felt this way. Mm-hmm. like, maybe the Autos Ranch was another one where I'm like, these guys haven't figured out. I'm rooting for them. Like, good job. I mean, the guys yeah. at the dam, I was, I was kind of rooting for them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Autos, before we found out, they were racists. And the guys <laughs> at the dam, the guys at the dam, I, I thought they were great. Um, you know, I feel like villains on this series kind of turn out to be either totally back crap crazy. Or people that we'd probably like if the show was actually about them, and oh, yeah. it turns out they've managed to do both this time, and it's a pretty amazing feat.
1: Yeah, like, we would be okay with the holding people be, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the culty part, right? Yeah, like, like even they, even though they blew up Tank Town, I'm still like, eh, you know, doesn't really bother me too much. What bothers yeah. me is stare at the, you know, the creepy zombie tree, and <laughs> if you cannot see anything. Then you can see. Right? Like, is, that was what we was, like, what are we like, trying to see when we look at the tree? Is this a
0: magic eye painting?
1: <laughs> it feels like it. You have to, like, get close and then it'll cross your eyes and then back up a little bit. Like, I don't know how, like, what their goal is to see. I don't know who Teddy convinced that he saw it. But for Wes, and we, uh, Wes's brother Derek appears in this episode, and... He's his thing is uh, yeah I don't see anything I just see like you know like a, a a zombie person like a person like a shell of myself walking around dead on the inside but like still living Walking Dead literally okay yeah, it, like
0: is that it was is the that, answer is the answer you're <laughs> supposed to say the name of the show <laughs> right
1: I think that's what it is because Wes looks at him and Wes is like yeah I see that same person in you yeah you've been wandering around you're clearly alive, like I'm not, you know, torn up because you're not dead anymore, but also you just kind of are you're speaking crazy talk here. It's very culty inside you, and I don't love that. You might not be the same brother that I used to have. Like that guy might be dead now. And so yeah, Wes looks at the scene zombie tree and he sees nothing. But uh Derek looks at the scene zombie tree, sees nothing and believes everything that Teddy's saying. I don't know what the zombie tree is supposed to signify.
0: I thought the zombie tree was something that we saw in game of thrones Oh my gosh. I feel like there's the whole thing where you have Brandon Stark going underneath the seeing tree and there's a guy in the tree. It looked a lot like that. I feel like they stole that imagery
1: from mm. straight
0: out of Game of Thrones.
1: Three-eyed raven, got gotcha. you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally the three-eyed raven. So I feel like maybe that was the test. Like maybe these are all Game of Thrones stands. And in order to pass the test, it's like, what do you see? Oh, it's the Three-Eyed Raven. Clearly, I see what you're going for with this art. Oh, all right, cool. You could stay. I don't like it. I don't like it. If you didn't read Game of Thrones, you go straight into the embalming room. (laughs) You know what? And I thought we
1: were done with the zombie seeing tree, right? Because when the zombie seeing tree... Spoiler for anybody who hasn't, you know, watched the episode yet, but whatever. <laughs> the zombie scene tree ends up killing Wes's brother, Derek, once and for all. We thought Derek was dead. He's back. He's alive, but he's a part of the cult. So is he really alive? doesn't matter. Him and Wes get into a fight. Wes pushes him into the zombie tree and the zombie tree eats him. Wes picks up the gun, shoots, the, uh, shoots Derek in the head to put him out of his misery, I'm assuming, so he doesn't become a zombie. I want Wes to, at that point, turn and shoot the zombie tree.
0: Do, yeah, why didn't he kill, why the, didn't zombie kill the zombie
1: tree you would think you've identified the source of its power like we found where the cult is doing the culty stuff from like we found the false like, idol let's kill it let's burn it down and no he doesn't shoot it from what we hear we hear one gunshot we have to assume that that was Derek um, but maybe maybe, maybe did Alicia burn it down when she burned down the rest of us like, did, did we lose zombie tree as well our prophet oh.
0: Oh, did she burn down the zombie tree? Well, this is to me like if this is the segment where we spoil weird things that okay. maybe some of our listeners haven't seen. There's an excellent movie, um, starring the great Sean Connery and the great Michael Caine, called "The Man Who Would Be King," and mm-hmm. there is it is about these two white guys that roll up on this uncontacted civilization and end up getting worshipped as gods, and they don't really <laughs> do anything to them of the notion, and then at the end. One of them, like, cuts himself and is bleeding and they're all like, oh, crap, he's not a god. Let's <laughs> run leave. him out of town. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like killing the zombie tree is like, you know, slashing up Michael Caine and Sean Connery.
1: Yeah. That's, but you would think that would be the thing you want to do, right? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You just killed your brother, but it wasn't really your brother anymore. So maybe you're not that invested with, you know, uh, debunking this cult. But that would be at the front of my mind. It's like, okay, this thing obviously, you know, uh, corrupted my brother. I need to, you know, kill it with fire or at least shoot it. And it's right there. I mean, it's a zombie treat at this point. Just shoot it. I don't know if you can replace it with another zombie to make sure that your religious lore, like, matters. And it was like, oh, no, as long as we bring in another zombie. Because with all death comes life or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure Teddy could, like, you know, logic his way through it you know, convincing everybody to still be a part of the cult, but I would test the theory. I would have definitely shot the zombie in the head for sure.
0: Yeah. That seems like, I mean, she must've just burned him down. Yeah. I I guess we must conclude that the zombie tree got burned down. And that would be the, that would be the thing that they all have worked for. That has to be it.
1: Is, wait, but how hard do you work for the zombie tree, right? Because zombies and trees are a dime a dozen, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can get them from anywhere. Is it like a symbolic zombie tree or is this literally the zombie tree that you have? To, like, is this the only zombie tree combination that will show you the promised land, that will give you the eye to see whatever Teddy, you know, is, whatever crap he's trying to feed you? Because... They seem to be obsessed with this particular zombie tree combo. Is there, do we have any other options?
0: Is this like that situation in the Middle Ages where they had the corpse that wouldn't rot and it was like it's this great big miracle and it turned out they were just swapping out the corpses every other day? Um, because I feel like you're right. We could just get another zombie and like put some greenery around him. But there's, you know, it's kind of growing up on him. That takes a while to cultivate. Maybe that's what Mm -hmm. they were working toward. It's like, this is my horticulture project, Mm -hmm. and now I have to replant another zombie.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, because like you were saying, you could just swap it out with another one, but if those, like, like the tree was, it looked like it was growing through him, Mm -hmm. almost, or a zombie or whatever. And so it'd be hard to do that. Then again, it is a cult. And weirder things have happened in cults, you know? And so uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, if this wasn't even the same zombie and no one would ever know, this is Santa's little helper, Mark four or five at this point, (laughs) you know, they'd have been swapping it out every time someone like, like every time the zombie does something weird or someone kills it or something. I don't know. I I just feel like that would be Teddy's biggest obstacle at this point, because that's how you pull back the curtain and find out that he's just lying because like, well, I thought you said this seeing zombie could tell us everything we need to know. And now it's gone. So now how do we find it out? Like who died and made you, you know, the seeing, seeing zombie tree guy, Teddy, like what makes you so special?
0: Yeah, I want a Teddy origin story for many reasons. Oh, Um, we'll get it.
1: You know, the show loves flashbacks.
0: (laughs) Oh, we better. I don't know. They never gave us a filthy woman origin story, but frankly, I was not mad at that. Um, I I have to say, I'm a big fan of John Glover. I'm glad to see him working and in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. One thing I think is really strong about Fear the Walking Dead is they're bringing in actors from other things that you know. And so you hear news about you know, I heard news like Garrett Dillahunt's joining Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, awesome. Love him. Jenna Elfman joining Fear the Walking Dead. Okay, great. Uh She's been in more than one thing I've seen. Yes. And now we're getting John Glover, who is a brilliant character actor who can really sell this like sinister, creepy dude. It's like, that's what he does. And the main thing that I saw him in, and this is a show I strongly encourage anybody out there who's looking for something obscure to binge, look up the late nineties program Brimstone, which ran for one season, starred John Glover as the devil. And the premise was, and they recycled this premise for some other show later on, but premise was he was in hell and he took his finger off the switch one day and a bunch of demons escaped. And so he gets the nicest guy in hell played by Peter Horton and he lets him go back on earth. And he's like, I will let you go to heaven or something if you go and capture all these demons for me. And so it's like the devil is not just, you know, about evil and torture. He's like the gatekeeper to keep all the evil contained. It was an interesting premise and they did a lot of very fun things with it. And I was very sad when it only lasted one one season. Mm-hmm. So – it made me a John Glover fan for life, and he's been in a lot of really, uh, really interesting other roles. Um, he was in Gremlins too. <laughs> this is interesting. And he played, he played a character that was basically a parody of the, the individual whose name I will not say on this podcast, who is arguably the most prominent cult leader of the 21st century. Oh. You're picking okay. up what I'm putting down.
1: I, I yeah. am picking it up. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know. I, I
0: think the the character was pl- was called like Daniel Clamp or something. I feel like mm-hmm. you put that consonant combo in there, they know what you're talking about. And this was in the 80s, so
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so that's John Glover anyway, and it's exciting to see him here. I want to know what inspires him and like what really spurs him on to have this kind of duality of um, zombie tree life and dead person who cannot die? Did he just watch a lot of Game of Thrones and smoke a lot of pot? Or <laughs> what? what is his motivation? I'm very curious to find out. And I'm glad to see him. I just hope it doesn't turn out to be another one of those things like – I feel like they've done this a lot. I think Logan was one of these. I think filthy woman was one of these. The vultures were one of these where it's like, Oh no, I just exist to mess with people that want to do good things in the world, which is a very Scott Gimple trademark. I feel.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it does sound like he has a plan. If the new plan is in action, it does sound like, like this guy is not just here to make everybody's life miserable. He's identified that the world above ground is shitty. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. And I don't want you guys to be a part of it anymore. We are going to take care of ourselves below and, you know, and, and we'll be fine. Like everybody above, I'm sorry. Y'all are people. Uh, What did Wes's brother uh, Derek say? People are people, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, people gotta die and your death will, your sacrifice will be a part of the new earth that we have, you know, when we come back above ground, I'm I'm assuming one day, uh, if ever, but you know, at least he has a plan. I really think the problem now is that his plan has been foiled from what we can tell, right? If Alicia Mm -hmm. truly did, you know, ruin everything for what they had going on, they have to have a new plan now. And so I don't know if that just means, okay, let's pivot to Morgan, like Morgantown, you know, maybe that's where he wants to go now. I mean, do we still need the key to do the new thing? If half of civilization is burnt down, do we still need the key? Yeah, I think,
0: I think it's going to be one of those things where he takes everybody out in a place of glory. But here's the part I don't understand then. If the whole premise is we're going to nuke everything and we'll be the only ones left and the end is the beginning. If somebody comes and visits you and you don't like them, just let them go back upstairs and nuke them later.
1: Yeah. It was like, oh, no, if you go, they're going to kill you. It's like, no, are they going to kill me because I'm leaving? Or you mean, do I, am I, I'm going to die at their hands eventually because they're going to nuke everybody. Yeah, it wasn't clear. It, it just seemed like you can't go because we'll
0: kill you. And you can also you can foster a little bit of goodwill, which I think buys you some time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Thanks for dropping by. Really great to see you. Um, don't look in that room. That's where we keep the bomb zombies, but go on your way. Hey, have an omelet. Nice day. Take one to go. See if Morgan wants one. Bye-bye. And then later on, use sneak some attack. subterfuge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sneak attack. Get that key. Nuke everybody. Everybody's happy.
1: Yeah. I- it was like, they were, it's like they jumped it. They 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 did the thing too early, right? Like, mm-hmm. let those people go. Maybe make let them make Morgan feel more comfortable. Like, oh, there's this great civilization. Maybe you should go visit them. They seem nice. Go get your guy Morgan. Let him sh- let us show him our omelet bar, our, like, continental breakfast thing we got set up. We have a meat locker of zombies. Send for Morgan. Instead, they're like, no, you gotta go. Like, you, we will kill you. It's like, why? They haven't done anything yet. You just let them go. Maybe they'll be nice and bring their leader to you and then you can get them at that point. Yeah.
0: He's right there. And I, I think some of the motivation of like the random acts of evil they're committing, I think they want to drive people underground. But I feel like just be like, look at our vegetable garden. Come see us. You don't need to blow up their oil refinery to make some kind of grand statement about the overuse of fossil fuels to get people on board with your message. You have a good thing going. Just be like, come have a breakfast. Come down to Breakfast World. That is a better plan. (laughs) Bring it on into Omeletteville, guys. No, seriously,
1: that omelette is appealing. Like, that that first scene of the episode, if you had, like, a video, let's say they use Al, our videographer, to come in and, like, hey, you guys, look, look at what we saw. And they just, like, Here's an omelet bar. We have a garden. We have a nice community down here. There's pizza. You know, like we have things. It's very nice. There's Teddy. We have a zombie tree. Come on down to Omelet Town. And <laughs> instead, they're just like threatening people and doing graffiti and stuff. Like you have a pretty good marketing scheme in front of you. If you just show all the cool stuff you got, yeah, I, it might invite people
0: to kind of try to rob you, I guess. Yeah, like, I think that's it, maybe the problem. But yeah. I mean, I can see this video very clearly in my mind. It's like that video that plays when you check into a hotel and you turn Mm -hmm. on the television. Yeah. It's like, and come down to our omelet bar where we have fresh vegetables 24 hours a day. And here in the game room, Mm -hmm. we are playing strange adaptations of popular board games where we enlist the help of embalmed zombies. (laughs) It was like zombie ping pong. Yeah, it was like a cruise
1: you like, yeah. you ever been on a cruise? You get, you get on the boat and then they got the videos playing of all the cool stuff you're going to see on the cruise. But they also have like the voice, uh, you know, like the person who comes on and does like the cruise announcements. Mm-hmm. Like today we have XYZ. That's Teddy. You got your Teddy guy going mm-hmm. like, all right. And on the uh, on the Lido deck, we have shuffleboard. You know, that was what they need, you know, to kind of make people feel a little bit more at ease about you trying to, you know, uh, commit nuclear war on the rest of the world. Um, you probably don't want to be doing crime because that might send people looking for you as well. So I don't know. Yeah. They they probably just need a better a better plan because they had a good setup.
0: I mean, I see why Virginia was a threat to them because if you bring your positive message of organic farming and you know togetherness, if you bring that up, people will leave Virginia. Virginia is going to get pissed at you, mm-hmm. but Virginia's gone. Like these people are reasonable. Like, oh, you really want to live in this, like, tin roof shack, dried out damn place that Morgan's building? I mean, he's not there yet. We're there. We've got it built. We figured it out. Come down to our finished product. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I I feel like you and I, Chappelle, would be so much better at the zombie apocalypse than these people.
1: Yeah. The problem is I would die at the end of a zombie. See, these people have gotten to the point where zombies aren't really a threat to them. Whereas I would have never gotten to that part. I would like the guy who died because, again, I told you, I would have been in the bob spot. Whereas, like, the alcohol is, like, in the the liquor stores there. And I'm like, you guys, I just need the bottle. And you're like, come on, you're going to die. I'm like, okay, but is it worth living if I can't? You know, so uh, I I wouldn't have made it this far into the series. But had I, I think I'd be pretty good in the actual civilization part.
0: Yeah, you could be one of these people, like, the people in the office building who just got stuck there probably would have died if they hadn't gotten stuck in their office.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I I feel like maybe that's where I would have wound up. I would have been working late and zombie apocalypse would have hit. Trains would have shut down. Couldn't go home. Stuck there for two years Mm -hmm. until Al comes and busts me out. (laughs) Oh, Oh, but let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got to talk about apparently they're blaming these guys for unleashing the plague rats on the office people.
1: Right. I was like, how did we get to that? Like how?
0: Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. (laughs) I want to be clear on that. That doesn't mean, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on here. We're following three different zombie shows and it's been a while since we visited the office people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that didn't happen, but I am a little, I'm a little dot, dot, hmm at this. Like, are we really saying like, they said this is intentional. Somebody did this. Do you know that's the guys?
1: This That's the guys.
0: I don't know. That's that's strange.
1: I, yeah, it, it it's a problem. And I think that's a, a problem with the format of the show. When you have all like these little tiny bottle episodes and stuff like that, then you start to tie everything back together. You make us recall things that we thought really didn't matter. Do you think I really care about the office people after all this time? No, I barely care about Tank Tile and they bring it up in every episode and you bring up the, the office people. I'm like. Okay, like uh, fine, sure. I don't even remember those people's names. Like, there was a nice uh, black lady there. I think I remember kind of. Well, that you was know?
0: that was how I figured it out because they said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, remember Nora in the Tower?" I'm like, in oh, point of fact, I do not remember Nora right. in the Tower. <laughs> Walking Dead Wiki, tell me who Nora was in the Tower. Oh, she's the office lady. Office and they're lady. Blaming they're blaming the, these guys for the plague rats because of reasons. I, you need previously ons. Yeah. And I don't think we got enough previously ons here. We need to have like Game of Thrones used to do this again. And I'm not saying that Game of Thrones was by any means the gold standard in how you tell a story on television. Game of Thrones, if they're bringing somebody back, they will be in season six and they will go all the way back and show you a flashback of somebody that was in season two for five minutes so that you know who that guy is when he shows up again. Mm-hmm. So we need this. We need like, we need the flashback of the scene. Like, Oh, this is bubonic plague. We have the we have the plague. Somebody unleashed this on us, but who?
1: Right. And then
0: skip ahead and then show Tank Town blowing up. Oh, Tanktown has blown up. And somebody did it on purpose. But who? And then so they just show a little bit of graffiti. I feel like the previously ons need to be about five minutes longer. We'll take it out of we'll take it out of, I don't know, the slow motion tracking shot of Alicia throwing a match on the embalming fluid. You know, for a scene where they had allegedly two minutes to get out of there, that scene was like fifteen minutes long.
1: Oh yeah, that was the longest scene of the episode. Was them uh, like bouncing through the meat locker of zombies, trying not to get eaten by the zombies whose mouths were like sewn up? I guess uh, it well, was. They got interesting. them
0: excited. They were busting their mouths open. They were so yeah, they excited. They were so I hungry. Guess.
1: They were yeah. They were they were so hungry that they had to just rip the, their mouths. Closed. It's almost like sewing their mouths closed did nothing. Who knew?
0: Again, I feel this. This is, a, you know, this is a big mood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Please, <laughs> so my so clothes, so I can stop eating these tacos. Uh, so <laughs> what what I, what I, yeah, I agree with you on, like, needing to previously on, because the, it's kind of like the show has been trying to establish that these are terrorists, right? That there's been mm-hmm. little, like, acts of terror throughout that might be driving people below or just, just things that they want to do. I don't know, because they're a cult. Who knows? Cults do cult stuff. Um, but because there's been so much space between the acts of terror, Bubonic Plague was literally in twenty twenty, so why would we remember that? And like twenty twenty one we get you know the tank oh twenty the tank town was in twenty twenty. Like gosh, we 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 listened, we watched that last year. So I All right, I here's
0: the other problem. Yeah. Anything that happened in twenty twenty on television, stop expecting us to remember that. Twenty twenty was a big year for a lot of us. We need a reset. Yeah, Don't count on us to have remembered anything that happened on your show while we were juggling a global pandemic and the fall of Western civilization and an armed insurrection against our government. You know what? I don't have time to remember a five-minute scene on the third best Walking Dead franchise from a year and a half ago. I just don't
1: yeah i mean think about it six months from now someone's gonna be like remember that conversation princess had with herself in the boxcar i'm gonna be like no no i don't (laughs) (laughs) i remember her being in the boxcar but i don't remember what the hell she said but you know the way the walking dead is paced it seems like these things matter or will maybe matter eventually Mm -hmm. And if they don't you just have it like in the back of your mind forever until you forget about it and then boom they pull it they bring it back up again like we're still you and I. I know we are too, but we are. Our flag is planted. We are waiting for Madison to show back up, and if, and that's a very important thing. If Madison shows up, that changes the game. What? But the the, the office people showing up does nothing for me. I was like, oh okay, was, yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah. I don't need that. Like bring it back to Madison. And I'm interested again.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do you tell what's going to matter and what's not going to matter in this yeah. show? Because they just pick and choose whenever they want you to care.
0: Yeah, do you have to take notes? I think Because so. <laughs> I do take notes. It is my job to take notes on this show. And I still don't remember. And if you're not getting through to me, if I still have to Google half a dozen things you talk about on this show, you're not doing your job. And I blame Scott Gimple for all of this.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what I did like about this episode? There yes. are two characters that I really liked this episode. I liked Luciana and I liked Alicia. And here's why. Yeah. I like Luciana being in this episode because most of the time in these cult shows... I feel like it's very uh, like cliche, right? You get like Mm -hmm. the person who's not in the cult trying to convince the person who is in the cult that they're in a cult, but the person who isn't in a cult is too far gone to ever come back out of the cult lifestyle. They're they're a cult, you know, from head to toe at this point and you can't fix them, but that person just cannot let go of the loved one that they think they used to know who is now lost to the cult. We get that all the time. What we rarely get is a person who was in a different cult saying, no, this is a cult Yes, (laughs) And that was my favorite part. Like if there was any doubt if this was a cult... Luciana's like, hey, as a person who was in a cult, let me just mm-hmm. say this is definitely a cult for sure. <laughs> so I I love that part. I was like, because we don't get enough Luciana for me anyway, but yeah. to have her just saying like, hey, in case you were thinking that maybe your brother's okay, I have to let you know that this is a cult. He's like, yeah, but how do you know? Well, trust me on this one. I might have I might have dabbled in cults or too yeah. every now and then. Yeah, so I really like that. And of course, I love Alicia. I always like Alicia, but seeing her. I didn't love that she, quote unquote, sacrificed herself. I have questions Ugh. about that.
0: Yeah, but, we're going to have many questions about that in just a minute.
1: <laughs> I have questions about that. But I do like the fact that she's not willing to go down without a fight. She's always down to fight. Like she's going to snatch. She's a person who's going to punch you in the face, snatch the gun and hold you at gunpoint. Like she's a person who you you put in a room with a guy with a knife. You don't have the best. I like am putting my money on Alicia mm-hmm. a lot of chances, you know, and so I like that about her. So this was a good episode for those two people for me.
0: We have to take a moment now to appreciate the evolution of Alicia as a character. Because I think at the beginning of this series, Alicia was the Charlie. She Mm -hmm. was the Dakota. She was the teenager who did stupid things and put everybody in danger. Like, that was all of season two of this show. was Alicia, like, hitting on a guy on a CB radio who then went and sunk their boat. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, props to Alicia. I think you let these... You let these annoying child characters stick around long enough. As long as they don't die, they become the most ferocious warriors. Mm -hmm. So I'm here for it. And I love that we finally get some Luciana where she's not just standing around in the background. I feel like we have not used her effectively since probably before Nick died. And that was a long time ago at this point. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And they mentioned Nick dying, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'd never noticed this before, but... Wes has a dead brother and Alicia Mm -hmm. has a dead brother and Luciana has a dead brother. Is that apparently?
0: we haven't, I've never heard of this guy, but (laughs) apparently yes.
1: Okay. I I was like, that's cool. Didn't know that that was new information. So yeah, good, good, good episode for Lucy. Um, but I am interested to hear these Alicia questions for sure.
0: Okay. These Alicia questions. Mm -hmm. I really don't understand. And we talked a little bit about this, like, what exactly was on fire? Where were they relative to everything else? What was happening here where she sets everything on fire? Okay, first of all, I don't understand why they had to slice open every zombie to get enough flammable material so that stuff would catch. I feel like that's coming out of their pores. You slice one of them open, you got enough lighter fluid to get a pretty good blaze going, at least enough to get out of there. So why are they just going around slash, 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 stab, slash? Like, who cares? Slash one of them and GTFO. <laughs> you are just trying to get out of there. That
1: yeah, it was was, excessive. That's thing
0: number one. That yeah, mm-hmm. was excessive. It was extremely extra. Thing number two, they spend five minutes talking about, oh, why does it have to be Alicia that does this thing? And I really feel like this is time that could be spent, you know, GTFO. Yeah. And it was very much people on this show sure like to set things on fire in an enclosed space in an act of self-sacrifice. And we've seen it two other times. And two of these three times we have proof that the people survived the thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I think maybe that third time we might also get some, some conclusive proof one way or the other. I would like that very much. Also. What was the deal? Like she drops the match and then we cut to smash cut. She's all sooty. Like she is a cartoon character. She has Wiley Coyota Coyote. Who's just like landed in some TNT. There's not a scratch on her except she's kind of muddy. Yeah. And she's back in the room on the other side of the zombie carousel. And they they got her back in the torture room, which she was on the other side of that when she threw the match, like how did she get through the fire and back into the torture room? Yeah. And why didn't she just go the other way where everybody else was going and get out of there? She couldn't have been more than 30 seconds behind them at this point. She could have just left with everybody else. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Those are all decent questions. Um, the Yeah. So the embalming fluid as lighter fluid was clever, but I mean, did you really need that much? No, probably not. Um. 20 minutes to decide which one of us gets to sacrifice. Let's just, just go. Just somebody do it so we can meena, go. Eeny, dudes. Right. Like, it's y'all are arguing about who gets to be the hero. Just do it. Just be the hero. Bye. Because I'm not going to volunteer. Like, oh, no. who gets Nope, let's go. Let's go. Hey, you can come too. You honestly could just throw that lighter and just go. Let's come on. Come yeah. with me. But, okay. Those were absurd to me. The one that kind of, I think the writers kind of tried to make sense of was when Teddy comes in and he finds Alicia's soot covered body, and she's like, he's like, no, well, this is before Teddy comes in. She, they first leave her with the henchman. She dispatches <laughs> the henchman because she's Alicia and she can do that. And they, they come in and they're like, oh no, we're going to get Teddy on you. Teddy personally is going to handle this. So Teddy comes in, and Teddy asks her, Did you sacrifice yourself because you thought this was noble? Because I think Teddy, like us, could see you could have gotten out of this. Like, you didn't have to sacrifice yourself. Like, did you think you were being noble? Then he says, did you think you were being like your mom? And I'm thinking, oh, maybe she was like, you know, like just a tip off the old block. Like, mom sacrificed herself, so I have to sacrifice myself in a blaze of glory and you know, and I will be the hero. It it kind of put me in the psychology of her a little bit because there she could have clearly gotten away. I don't if this fire was as big as they said, there's no reason why in the midst of a huge flame they were managing to capture Alicia. You would think there would be you know, a little bit uh, like distracted by the mm-hmm. flame burning. I- I'm assuming some people, but also the zombie meat locker and the salad and uh, omelet bar. Like these other things are important and in flames. And yeah, L- Alicia managed protect to get caught. Zombie tree, right? Protect seeing zombie tree, but instead, y'all are chasing down Alicia. Like I just feel like she could have gotten away if she wanted to. Maybe she didn't want
0: to. Maybe Teddy was mm-hmm. onto something. Maybe she's playing the long con here.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. Teddy was onto something, because, I mean, you could have got out. You could have got out.
0: I mean, we did accomplish the thing where somebody got back to Momo to tell him what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, sure. And they got all the maps out of there. Great. Yeah. And they would have rescued Derek if he wasn't too far <coughs> gone. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, maybe Alicia's plan is to stay there. Like, she's just going to set some stuff on fire and then deal with the consequences. <coughs> I she
1: think consequences obviously might be it. The consequence yeah. might be what she wanted, though. I mean, Teddy even asked her that. Are you trying to punish yourself? Like, why are you sitting in front of me, lady, who who I should be killing right now? Like, why are you in front of me? You could have gotten away. Explain to me your mindset, because the, why, the viewers at home are confused. I'm going to just tell you right now, Jess, you and I and everyone else who watched this were like, well, why didn't you just get away, Alicia? Like, what didn't, why didn't you just run away? I'm sorry. I don't understand why you stayed through this big fire to get captured. And it seemed like Teddy was genuinely confused as well. He's like, what was the Mm -hmm. reason? Because I mean, if you thought this was noble, congratulations, here you are. You want a
0: ribbon? Yeah. (laughs) You want an omelet?
1: Right. Yeah. We got omelets. Well, we had omelets, but you burnt those to a crisp, but we don't have those anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's what we're going to find out next episode. Like maybe she's down there for a reason. Like she has, other business she wants to execute while she's in there and Mm -hmm. she just let everybody else go so they could get the maps and stuff back to Morgan Morgan. So I, yeah, I think if that's what it ends up being that she's still trying to totally sabotage them instead of partially sabotaging them and just getting out of there and making them mad, maybe she has to finish the job. Maybe that's it. Uh She's just got to make sure that the entire omelet bar is completely scorched so that, they don't just come after them mad. It's such like a they, risk. To they, have take, to, though. they have to die mad about it, basically. Yeah, that's
1: such a risk, right? Like mm-hmm. you're
0: one, one like
1: person versus an entire civilization of people, under, like mole people, I guess. And like you're just gonna like topple this empire on your own when the fire wasn't good enough. Like you're like, oh, I'll stick around through the fire because I could die in that as well, but I'll survive that to dismantle them completely it's like or just go back to morgantown regroup you know where they are they're recovering from a big fire so you also know that they're probably not at you know operating on you know all cylinders or whatever and then go and you know shoot re-burn it down i don't know like bring people, some guns right for people who have such a big issue with with Tanktown, they have no issue burning this place down with people living there so i don't know like the means might be worth the end if you go and, you know, wage war on these people while they're weakened, as opposed to staying there and I don't know, dying. So she got lucky, I assume, because, I mean, you couldn't have counted on her to win that fight. Like I said, I bet on her because we know how Alicia is. But anyone else is like, uh, you put her in there with I don't know what Teddy's uh right hand man was name was. I I was Riley. Call- I was calling him Vice Teddy in my um in my notes. <laughs> I like
0: Vice Teddy better. Yeah, Vice, um, you, John yeah. Connor, you can call him. <laughs>
1: right, like you stayed with like fake, fake, like fake Teddy. It's like, well, I don't trust you to stay with fake Teddy. He's already said he wants to embalm you. Like, I don't, I don't know, Alicia. That was a decision. I don't know how she came to that decision, but she did. She did it.
0: Yeah, and you know, Chappelle, we have been right about exactly one thing. You have been right about exactly one prediction. Mm-hmm. In the fear of the walking dead universe. And I've been right about zero fear of the walking dead <laughs> predictions. You got the thing right where you sussed out their motivation here. So I'm going to trust you that they, you know, there's something else going on here and she's going to, she's going to crack it. But I honestly, I would, I would bet on Alicia to be the one to su- survive this. And it's only because I saw, I saw the oxygen supply get cut off in a room of 150 people and Alicia was the only one that didn't suffocate to death. So yeah. I think she must have some kind of superior lungs, in which case she is the person that you want setting fire to stuff in a closed, airless room. Right.
1: And, you know, we did get a Madison call back today. And I would like to point out that this would be a good vehicle to bring back Madison. We, mm-hmm. we do this every now and then. But we've had one relative uh, resurface. Right. And Derek, Wes's brother. Um, we know Al is looking for a beer lady. So that mm-hmm. person might resurface. But we have Alicia doing Madison-like activities, burning things down and, say, and being like the hero and sacrifices herself. What if Madison is the one who shows up to save Alicia? We've been waiting on Madison to come back. We've talked about her in an episode, so her name is still out in the world. Like, it's out in the, you know, yeah, in the They in the want ether. us to
0: remember she exists, which, right. you know, this show doesn't do very well very often. So if exactly. they They're saying this name. They want us to remember it because, you know, they want us to remember Office Lady and they haven't mentioned her nearly as many times as they've mentioned Madison recently.
1: Beer Lady, too. You know, like we heard Beer Lady. lady. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, who? But yeah, yeah. So for me, this might be the moment that we get. Like, Morgan, Morgantown has to come to the, the holding and they have to have this big fight. But what if Madison is the one who shows up and saves the day because she has to save her daughter who has been walking in her footsteps? As, you know, as of this last episode (laughs) and not an episode prior.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I love it. I'm here for it. I want to point out somebody on Reddit. I went into the subreddit today because I wanted to gauge. I wanted to see if this whole Alicia fire thing was as ludicrous as I thought it was. And yeah, I think everybody agrees. It was pretty ludicrous and it doesn't make any narrative sense. Mm -hmm. Somebody came up with like what I would like to see is the perfect season finale for this season. Okay. I'm going to set it up for you. So some of Morgantown gets underground and infiltrates the hippie commune and there's a big skirmish, but Teddy's people manage to set off the bomb. Half of Morgantown is underground. Half is on the surface. Morgantown gets destroyed. Like everything in a 20 mile radius gets destroyed when the nuke goes off. Zoom out, show the mushroom cloud, zoom way, way out, show Madison Clark sitting on a hilltop. Watching the mushroom cloud. That's Ooh. a great. That's a great season finale. I want that to be the season finale. Okay.
1: So since we since we're in a uh, you know this area of the podcast, I have to ask, who do we lose in the mushroom cloud? Right? Because Mag- Madison's watching half the half of Morgantown, so the A team is below. Mm-hmm. Who is up there that we're going to care about losing? So is this where we lose Dwight?
0: We got to lose somebody we care about. Mm-hmm. I think Dwight has a lot of impact. For the audience, I think the only people he has a real relationship with in the show are Al and Morgan. Yeah. I think we lose one of Al or Dwight. Yeah. I think we lose one of Charlie or Dakota. If there is a merciful and just God in the universe, let's pray to the zombie tree that we lose them both. Yes. Um, I think we lose June because Jenna Elfman is getting really bored with this stuff. Yeah,
1: and she lost her Johnny.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. She lost her Johnny. She's ready to go. I, don- I think... She has accomplished everything she's going to accomplish. I think she's going. I think I think Strand's got to be underground. I don't know how he gets there, but Yeah. We don't lose Strand, we don't lose Daniel. We're never going to lose Daniel. He's going to be the last man standing. It's going to yes. be like Daniel and Morgan at the end. Um so I yeah, I think there's a bunch of people. I think we probably lose Grace, but mm, then we have Morgan is like underground with the baby.
1: No! Wait, 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 wait. How? Like, How do we I get mean, Morgan underground with the baby?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I would imagine like Ooh. Teddy's people closing in and Grace is like, take the baby and run. And Morgan runs. Oh, no, she gives it to like one of Charlie or Dakota and is like, take and the baby get, and run. Can, yeah,
1: they got the baby down there. Yeah. So Charlie's yeah. down there for sure. Dakota's with the up, baby. Yeah, Dakota's yeah. up there blowing up. Or, 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 hear me out. What if Teddy is like, oh, no, in order to get Morgan to play ball, we have to kidnap what he loves the most, which is that baby. And so they, mm. got, they now they have to go down to the holding because they have to, like, get the baby back. It's the baby rescue mission. And then, you know, up top, they they don't get there in time. The keys are turned. You know, uh, Morgan's baby mama blows up a- along with Dwight and several other people. And then Madison sees it. And now Madison has to come you know and find out what's left of the mushroom cloud village.
0: So we're basically <laughs> saying that Teddy is David Bowie in Labyrinth. Duh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Loving it. Yeah. I, mean, I think Wait, look, for me, the way the walking dead works is if whenever you tell me there's going to be like a big death, it has to matter. Like mm-hmm. I I don't like when they have deaths that we foresee coming or deaths that just don't really like that don't hit you in, in the in the heart. I don't really care about that. Like mm-hmm. I like shows that make you care about the person before you kill them. I love Grey's Anatomy, right? Like mm-hmm. I, as many times I watch Grey's Anatomy, certain deaths still shock me, and I can't believe that they make me care about that person who I previously did not care about until like four episodes prior. And I should be able to see those signs coming a a mile away, but I still cannot. I still fall for it Mm -hmm. every time. And I want The Walking Dead to do things like that. That's how I, and I feel like I was like the lone person beating this drum. I knew Abraham was going to die at the hands of Negan Mm -hmm. because everyone was saying Glenn was going to die. And I was like, yeah, but the thing is, If it's just, it can't just be Glenn because we all know it. And you have this big, huge cliffhanger. It has to be somebody else that makes this, like, a little bit more jarring. It can't just be, and I kept saying, it just can't be just Glenn. Glenn's going to die when we come back. I'm like, yeah, but someone else got to die because otherwise nobody's going to give a crap about this finale. And I was right because I was like, Mm -hmm. who else would we lose that actually, like, matters just enough but doesn't, like, up, you know, like. Up in the whole story, and it was Abraham. And so this time, if we're gonna do like the big explosion, and we gotta lose some people, I want it to be some people that matter. Like, yeah, leave, leave Morgan with Grace, sis, baby. And then now we have like another like Rick Jr. going on. You know, like we got another. Um, I can't think of uh, Rick's child's name. His third, his little baby. Um, his not his June. little baby. Oh, what her, what's her name? Judith. Judith. We yeah, got but another there Judith. There literally is
0: a Rick Jr. who right. matters zero percent to the story. We might
1: care about Rick Jr., but yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: We like, are never gonna care about Rick Jr. Never
1: never. But like now we have Morgan and Grace are like the new like, you know, Judith and uh and Rick or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like a new it's the new generation. We have to protect them. Oh God. Chappelle Grace Jr. Hmm, you want me to you want me to love the show forever. Go for it. And also hate the show forever? I'm here for that. Let's kill Morgan. Ah, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's the death that's going to mean something? Yeah. That's like, he can do the heroic self-sacrifice. And like, he could do Randy Quaid in Independence Day, like launching himself into mm-hmm. the middle of the nuke to save everybody else and buy them enough time to get underground. And then we lose Morgan at the end of the season. That is, that's some like Ned Stark realness that gets me on board for the rest of this show's run
1: you make a hundred like this is complete sense this is this is this this right here is important because morgan will like getting morgan out of the way will actually give us time to care about somebody else and Mm -hmm. and i don't like morgan's trajectory at this point i don't know what Mm -hmm. he's here for i don't know like he's not a great leader he's just around uh all he does is
0: talk about grace
1: all he does is talk about Grace. He's got her, the baby. Like this whole baby thing is going to have him completely off, like uh, like off his rocker. He's not going to be able to lead effectively with this child around at all. Like everything is going to be Grace or bust. And so, yeah, I would be okay with Morgan dying because then, especially if this is the the uh, the the vehicle to bring back Madison, right? Because then we have a new leading person mm-hmm. to take us into the like the next phase of Fear the Walking Dead. So yeah, I, I'd take it. Uh, there was a line in this episode of something like, hey, uh, oh, it was Wes talking to Derek. He goes, hey, come with us. D- there's this guy, Morgan. He let you come live with us. He's not running a cult. And then to that point, I'd say, I don't know if you give him enough time, he might. Morgan has yeah. proven that you can't trust him with the leadership role. And so, yeah, I would be fine with Morgan dying. It would It would shock me, but I
0: would be interested to see
1: what happens yeah. next.
0: Yeah. He's not running a cult.
1: Yet. Exactly. It's like, neither was Negan. And then he was, you know, like, or, you know, or at least Negan was tyrannical. He wasn't culty, but, you know, definitely tyrannical. Uh, But Morgan, I wouldn't put cult past him. He's doing the same thing these people are doing. Leave your guns at the door. Last time we let somebody Mm -hmm. in with a gun, June did a thing. Like, I can't do it anymore. You know, like, it's right in that same playbook. So I wouldn't be shocked if Morgan started to kind of heel turn. But I would be shocked if they killed him. And I wouldn't hate it.
0: I mean, we've talked a lot about is one of these groups going to do a heel turn because they seem mildly pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about it's probably Strand that's going to do it. I like it better if it's Morgan. And I like it if he like does the quick heel turn and then comes back around and is like the double agent who, you know, sacrifices himself so that all of the people that don't die in the blast may live. I'm here Mm -hmm. for that.
1: What do you think about? Alicia being the heel turn, right? Because now she's left with the cult. And Teddy's whispering sweet nothings in her ear, like, oh, you know, like, is that a family? I can't believe that family let you sacrifice yourself for them. Like, oh, my God, are you sacrificing yourself because you want to punish yourself? You you don't have to punish yourself here. Like, what if he's breeding Alicia to be the new cult leader?
0: This feels like one of those those things, like, we just did this, though. We just, just did this. We did this with Strand. Mm -hmm. And he did it with Eugene on Walking Dead Prime, where we're going to see those conversations and it's going to look like he's manipulating her because you know that's his plan. That's his playbook. He wants to convert her because she's like the strongest. Well, they even say it at the beginning of the episode. We need to convert a skeptic because those are our true believers. That's what he's trying to do, like get the influential person on board. And I think we'll probably – we can't just do the thing where, oh, it looks like somebody – Somebody did a quick heel turn, but they were just under deep cover. Uh-huh. Like Strand just did that. And you knew the whole time, like, oh, he's not really with the bad guys. He's being Strand. Mm-hmm. I, we can't do that with the next character on the list of sketchiness.
1: Unless it, it, she really does turn. What if this is Alicia going full cult?
0: What if she does so it? Strand is the herring. And it's like, oh, we think she's going to come back. Oh, wait, she doesn't. She, she does presses it. the button and right. everybody blows up.
1: Exactly. And Madison Clark is sitting up on the hill. <laughs> so then she comes down to see what's going on, finds out her daughter is the cult person. And she's like, no! And now they have to have, like, mommy-daughter time and, like, hash out their feelings and things. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I, I like the idea of these ci- these civilizations getting pitted against each other somehow, and then you mm-hmm. don't know... You can have your Captain America Civil War where you don't know which one to root for, but... I, I think if we're bringing in a bad guy for the rest of the season, we don't have time to do that. We've just brought on the new bad guy, and that's like, oh, oh, they're all going to be against the bad guy now. Like, all the people we know are going to be against this guy we don't know, and that's how it's going to be. And I I hate that. I want more nuance. I want the shades of gray, and I don't know that we're going to get them. I don't think they would do that. Is Certainly Teddy bad not with- enough? Do you
1: think he's bad you enough, know,
0: though? Teddy has some good ideas, like we've said, but yeah. I think... I, I, I mean, here's the spoiler and all of you, all of you out there who do not want to be spoiled about anything that comes up in an upcoming episode of Fear the Walking Dead. I'm going to filibuster for a second to give you a chance to hit the skip ahead 30 seconds button so that you do not have to hear what I'm about to say. John Glover's only contracted to appear in four episodes.
1: Oh, see, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, he doesn't seem bad enough. OK, 30 seconds over. But um, <laughs> I yeah. I I suspect that as well. Like, I I don't think this is the big bad, right? Like, I just don't. I think that there has to be a bad or bad because like you said, he's got, he got some good ideas, but most of our villains from the walking dead for me come off violent, right? Like we know Mm -hmm. Negan will bust your head open with a bat. We know Virginia will shoot and kill you. Like we, we know she's not going to hesitate to do that kind of thing. Um, we don't really get that from him. He seems a little bit huh. like a little more un- more understanding. He has seen I mean, people to handle that, but is he going to get his hands dirty?
0: He might put a needle in your neck and fill you full of embalming fluid, but
1: does he do it, or is it like those are his pinch people? You know like like he doesn't seem to have the grip that most of our leaders have and like that they will do the dirty work. like Negan's not afraid to be the one with the bat.
0: yeah, yeah. so you're saying that if we take out John Connor first and mm. we keep Teddy that Teddy could be a little defanged at that point.
1: Yeah. Or something of that nature, right? Like vice Teddy doesn't, vice Teddy is more violent. And that's Mm kind of what we see from our, our, um, our villains is that like they are leading, but they are leading because you don't want to mess with them. And even with Virginia though, those people were terrified of her. Like, you know, it wasn't like a system that they were terrified. They were specifically, they hated Mm -hmm. Virginia. She was the big bad. And, you know, and we know Negan is the one who knocks, you know. And so for yeah. for this situation, like, is it just Teddy? Really? It doesn't seem like that bad of a, you know, like Alicia beat up the other guy. I'm sure if she wanted to fight Teddy, she could she'd probably take him.
0: Yeah. But on the other hand, you have an alpha and beta situation where mm. we thought alpha was the one everybody was afraid of. And it turns out that. Alpha was probably just containing the threat enough that it wasn't gonna destroy everybody. And once she was gone, you had Beta who was even worse, and he was like the enforcer with no with nobody to rein him in.
1: Mm-hmm. So But Vice Teddy might be the problem. We get rid of Teddy Vice and Teddy then- could Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Vice Teddy
0: might be our real big bad here.
1: I want Alicia to be the big bad. I want mm-hmm. Vice, I want Big Teddy to go. And and like bestow like the seeing eye onto Alicia. Like here you go. Like you now can look at the zombie tree that is for some reason still here. You (laughs) You didn't burn it down. You did not burn it down. Thank God. Well, thank zombie tree. Uh, And so yeah, I would rather like it be Alicia just to give it some like give us some substance to these people. You know, like Alicia being a superhero is not that compelling to me.
0: Here's what I think. Here's how I think we do that. Okay. By the end of the next episode. Alicia gets the zombie tree test right.
1: Oh, she's
0: that's how you convert her. That's how you get her on board. Like the the end, the final scene of the next episode is Alicia standing in front of the zombie tree. She's like, oh, like, I, see like, yeah. I see it. They're like, yeah, like yes. And daddy, then and Teddy up. puts his yeah, Teddy <laughs> puts his hand on her shoulder. I knew you would. Right.
1: It's time. <laughs> and he like takes her into like his study where he has his wet ball and he sits her down and shows her like, you know, like uh, all the things the light touches will one day be yours, Alicia. <laughs> She's like, what about that dark shadowy place? Oh, that's Morgantown. You should never go there. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I I like The Walking Dead because they give you enough nice ambiguity that you can you can play with the ideas but they're never as entertaining as what you come up with and so it's always like those they make interesting decisions I'll say, uh, but I like this part. This is my favorite part about the viewing of the walking Dead is getting to speculate what could happen because they leave you so many outs by just making the world so nebulous and change mm-hmm. like ever changing like who would have thought an underground cult is what we were dealing with? Oh wait me, I figured that out <laughs> but up until last last time we talked i hadn't thought about it at all and now it seems like to be the entire plot for the rest of the uh the season at least um so i mean yeah. that's
0: yeah that's exactly it though like the thing that makes fear the walking dead so much fun is that it is an entirely different show if you don't like this show wait 5 episodes turn it on again it's probably going to be a completely different show and the entire the entire fun of watching this and commenting on it is trying to figure out which show it's going to be next and being wrong every <laughs> single time. And yeah. I, you know, we were the stopped clock that was right one time.
1: Yeah. Let's see if we can keep the party going. <laughs> I'll yeah. be okay with that. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to spend a little more time talking about Derek before we go, because I thought this recalled something we saw in Walking Dead proper. The last time Walking Dead proper was truly infuriating and terrible. Mm -hmm. And that would be the episode where it's like in between the two eras of Walking Dead. So Michonne is pregnant with Rick Jr. and Rick is gone. And Michonne's college buddy shows up. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you thought you were the last person alive on Earth and you found other people, you rebuilt society, and it's been five years, and then someone else you know shows up. That's so weird and so fascinating to me and it's got to happen more often than we see on the show. So this is the second time I think we've seen that.
1: I really like that, like especially mm-hmm. in this post-COVID world, right? Like, so you're you as a podcaster have talked to people from all around the world about mm-hmm. television shows and stuff like that. But even with COVID, we've gotten into to Zoom appointments and seminars with people you probably like events that you wouldn't have gone to. You've now gone to virtually, so you've seen and you know these people. There's a lot of email correspondence, a lot of like you know, social media going on right mm-hmm. now. So there are people that you know. But you just don't think about because they're so far away from your inner circle of people or space, you know, to where they're not that important to you. But what about in a zombie apocalypse where you're walking down the street and you're like, I'm sorry, is that is that is that my bloom? What my mm-hmm. bloom? Where the yeah. hell did you come from? Like, yeah, I've just been ranking around in the zombie apocalypse. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> And then you're like, oh, my phone's in a cult. Dang, that sucks. You yeah, know what so, I'm Yeah. But yeah, I, I, so I appreciate that because the world is a lot smaller than we make it, uh, mm-hmm. like, these days. The internet has made the world so much smaller uh, just because I can reach out to it. And Jess, you and I are talking to each other from across the country right now. So in, yep. the, in a situation where the zombie apocalypse happens, like, you might not be the first person I think about, but I'd be shocked if I saw you and I'd be hella happy.
0: You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it would be... It would be a party. And I, I promise, Chappelle, we will come up with a secret code word Thank God. that one of us can drop if we are in a cult. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I pledge to you, I will not bring you into my cult. I will just drop the, like, secret code word so that you know not to stick around with my community. Like, just figure out a way to get out of there. I probably won't be able to help you by then. I will be brainwashed. But I pledge to you, you do not have to join my weird tree zombie cult. And I will try to shield you from that as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and I think our friendship is contingent on me agreeing to that as well even though if if it if I know me if I'm in a cult I want all my friends to be in the cult too so <laughs> yeah so it just listen just listen for the key terms because there's ways to know that you're dealing with a cult if you have a lot of people who seem to be just hanging on the words of one person all the time mm-hmm. so like if there's like a teddy said teddy said this teddy said you would say that that's a, that's a key term when someone mm-hmm. says that they that the person that they're listening to has already predicted what you were gonna say. Like, oh yeah, Teddy said you wouldn't think that this was important. Like, why does Teddy know what I'm gonna say? It's a cult, you know, like or like, oh, you just don't see it yet. This is important, but you just don't get it yet. Well, can you explain it to me? No, I cannot. You have to see that on your own. That's cult language. That's, that's cult, cult language. Yeah. So if you hear that coming from me, yeah, by all means run the other way. But just know if if I'm in a cult and I see you, I'm like, Jess come hang out. We can talk about TV. Mm,
0: Fine. Teddy said it's problem.
1: cool. Yeah, Teddy said it's cool. Yeah. We can talk about TV.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I suppose Teddy probably has a pretty good screening room. Maybe I will. Just join the cult. I
1: mean, mean, honestly, what's the downside to joining the cult right now? The the one Mm -hmm. that we know about. We know they're going to blow up civilization. Civilization kind of sucks right now. It's a zombie apocalypse.
0: You piss off Teddy, you get embalmed alive. You do get embalmed alive.
1: So you do have to, like, you know, you do have to, like, bend at the wheel of a tyrant. That is true. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, that. the I mean, down- what was the downside to Lawton? You had to deal with Ginny. Yeah, this is the same thing.
1: Morgantown ain't that ain't no different. Morgan says, Mm-mm. if Morgan says you gotta go, you gotta go, and that's it. And Morgan says, leave your gun yeah. at the door. You leave your
0: gun. However, I want to point out there is a really entertaining line this episode mm-hmm. where they say something to the effect of, um. Yeah, Alicia doesn't want to bring Derek back to Morgantown. And she's like, remember what happened with Dakota? And I was like, I can't wait to get Chappelle on this because Chappelle's going to say, what do you mean what happened with Dakota? You mean where nothing happened and they just let her live there? there.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, remember what happened to Dakota? Yeah, she betrayed us and we live with her.
0: Yeah, she murdered our friend John Dory and she's still living here. We feed this with no consequences. We feed this child. (laughs) <laughs> like we let her come to we let her come to omelet night right she sat around at the round
1: table with all the decision makers it doesn't make any sense and Alicia's saying it like it's some cautionary tale. like Dakota seems to be fine I guess you like well don't bring Derek to Morgantown because he might kill somebody and we might actually have to like care about him you yeah, know
0: don't let Derek come with us because then we have to let him move in and sit at the decision maker table
1: right we have to sacrifice okay. someone so he can come
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know uh, I thought that Wes did go awfully quickly from zero to feed my brother to a walker. I think he should have tried a little bit harder to deprogram the guy. I get, they were working on a times crunch, but it was a two minute conversation and he's like, Nope, sorry. You're going to the walkers.
1: I don't know. I've, I was, I was, you're better than me at this part. So this part is where I am a viewer and I'm like, look, that person is not your brother anymore. He's got to go. And like, and I've been yelling it since the moment I realized this was a cult, which is when I saw the Omelette Bar. I was like, okay, like this is, a, this is a cult. This is a cult. Don't listen to him. This is a cult. Luciana said it's a cult. Everybody says it's a cult. He's got to go. And to your credit, like you, you do realize that they are siblings and that he really cares about this person. He's already grieved his death once. And so I'm sure he does not in any rush to kill him or to push him into the zombie tree like he ends up doing. Um, so it does seem like he got there kind of quick. But I think the entire episode, to that point, he was kind of like, like, battling with that decision anyway, right? Like, so it's like, oh, this is a cult, but you're still my brother. And then they were in in the elevator about to leave. It was like, oh, wait, no, this is a cult, and you were going to betray us. Then it became, did you know that I was at Tanktown when you tried to blow it up? Because now you're a a murderer who is my brother who's in a cult who might have tried to kill me specifically. So then at that point, it was like, our conversation should have been over, honestly. I've been giving you a lot of time. Now you have to go to the zombie tree death.
0: Yeah, I feel like maybe if he'd owned up to it right away, he's like, yeah, sorry about the Tanktown thing. I realized you were there a little bit too late. I'm glad you're here now. Maybe that was how Derek should have played it. Yeah. Instead, like, he was the worst liar ever. They're in the elevator about to leave. And he's like, he's like, well, what did you bring? Oh, we got all the maps and all the, the list of all the places that we, I mean, they were planning to blow up. <laughs> smooth, Derek. Real freaking smooth.
1: Yeah. Alicia says, why do you need those
0: things? to come with us.
1: and he's like oh you i just take these things all the time everywhere what are you talking about you don't carry your maps and coordinates to places that you blow up that's why i mean
0: that's a that's a useful thing for them to take out of there's probably a lot of information that they don't have yet
1: yeah it they yeah I, alicia sussed it out really quickly though she, she heard the, I mean, that's the slip alicia. of the tongue. yeah i mean it wasn't hard like you said he he wasn't very smooth about it but west didn't want to believe it it's his brother so so yeah, he made the decision to kill his brother relatively quickly in the moment, but I think it was kinda like it was it had been dawning on him for a long time. It was just, yeah, he's got me staring at a zombie tree, he's gotta go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the
0: the instant he's like trying real hard to get you to stare at the zombie tree, maybe you do sort of second guess that decision. So yeah. all right, you convinced me. Um I think where I would like to see this go next is I would like to see some kind of pitting of the hippie commune against the CRM because we've seen a couple of ways in which they are at odds with one another. You see the plague rats going into the office tower and the CRM people are giving supplies to the office tower. Mm -hmm. So there was that and you saw they have killed not beer lady and embalmed her alive and taken all of the maps and stuff. They're clearly trying to launch something against CRM who I feel like probably outguns them. So what if it's CRM that swoops in and saves the day? That'd be cool. And give us something. Yeah. Give us give us some more to work with. Um, and it brings the universes together because we've been watching so much of CRM on World Beyond. Yeah, yeah, and we like
1: and we like that. And I, and I do miss the World Beyond a lot. Um,
0: what I, if you could have omelets and sandwiches, Chappelle, at the same oh time? Oh
1: my gosh! Crunchy mouth sounds from the omelet. Oh yeah, yes. a, a nice Colorado. Um, yeah, I like that. Uh, I think the thing that the the thing that makes me miss the world beyond is just that the the Walking Dead proper gave us all those bottle episodes. So now I'm just looking for any like give me any gritty storyline that inc- involves all of our main characters. You know, and uh, Fear is doing a good job of kind of getting back to that. Um, I think a lot like this was largely filmed before COVID, obviously because there's a lot more bodies in the room um, on mm-hmm. any given episode. But uh for yeah for The Walking Dead World Beyond I would like to see something like that too. Like, where we don't have a COVID like an obvious COVID impact on the sh- on the season. And so yeah, if you start to work in like, maybe like a crossover event. We know we only get what two seasons of of The World Beyond. Mhm. Yeah, and so you could start to crossover. I don't know what the timelines are. I have a really hard time keeping up with that. Uh but uh if if you could do a crossover, I, I'm go I'm good. I'm good for that. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. So do we need to talk about anything else this episode? Uh, I didn't think
1: anything else stood out from the episode, but I am interested to hear about any feedback we got. I know, someone mentioned a rhubarb pie at some point, And I was like, what?
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Got the rhubarb pie. Um, that was what they were having for dessert after they had the omelets. Oh,
1: um, OK. Omelets and rhubarb pie. Breakfast yeah. of champions. Um,
0: <laughs> I I, well, I am heartened to to notice that Andrew, Yu is on my side on this Derek thing. He says the brother's storyline was kind of lame that he had to kill his brother right away rather than trying harder to redeem him. I feel that, although I think I think as we discussed, it was they took maybe not great enough pains to note that the whole reason that he just went ahead with the killing was because um, the brother seemed to know he was actually at Tanktown. So
1: yeah, it was like the last straw. It was kind of like. Okay, you're in a cult. I can deal with that. Okay, you blew up Tank Town. I can kind of deal with that. Oh, you might have actually blew it up knowing I was there. I don't love that. Mm. And now my friends are being held hostage by your friends. So I kind of have to get back to them. You know, like... Oh, also, I'm staring at a zombie tree. This is crazy. Like, that... I think for me, that's the big flashing red light. Mm -hmm. Like, all the things I said are pretty bad. But when your brother's like, no, no, look at the zombie. Like, how about no? You know, so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's pretty much where it it didn't matter whatever the brother said at that point. When he has you staring at an inanimate object saying, do you see it? Do you see it? And when you say no, he goes, exactly. You're like, that's when Mm -hmm. you got to kill him.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Um, Andrew does raise one thing we didn't talk about, which was um, why didn't Alicia just kill Teddy? And I guess that's story reasons i mean she just murdered a guy with less stuff and yeah. she still got all the sharp things she could just stab him in the head like he should have come in i would i would have been here for this this is like indiana jones stuff he could have walked in the door and, sh- and he could have been like oh well 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 it's alicia i've been listening to you on the podcast all day and she just picks up the needle and stabs him through the head i would have been here for that been a yeah. waste of john glover but i'm here for it anyway
1: yeah and and i and i uh I like that part of the episode where she gets to confront Teddy. And I I too was thinking, okay, Alicia, here's your chance. Muscle up and get, get rid of him, Like be Alicia in this moment. But he did have a big knife and she did not. So, I mean, he took her knife basically. Like he pulled it out of uh, his henchman's head. And so at that point, you know, she was outgunned, outknived, I guess. So maybe she couldn't just like.
0: Outnumbered, outplanned.
1: All those things. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, maybe she couldn't just like wage war with the guy in that moment. but I would have liked to see it. But, you know, like you said, we got to keep him around for several episodes. And so we'll see um, what happens, you know, now that he gets to, to live a little bit longer. Yeah. He also, and, wait, it, and also, as a supervillain, he has to give us his whole diabolical plan. Like, he has to do right. this. Like, the, he has to tell us everything that's going to happen so that we can thwart him.
0: Yep. He's the, he's the art goldfinger of this franchise. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's got a pretty good plan. I understand the logic in it, but I also need him to explain every little piece of who he is before we dispatch him.
1: Right. It gives us time to catch up to him as well. You know, it gives Morgan and them time to get underground. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, Chappelle, what else are you up to this week?
1: Uh, This week, Reality TV Rewind, as usual, uh, I will be talking about uh, The Flavor of Love with Rob Sassanino this week. Ooh. Yes. Uh, we will be talking about three, episode three and four iconic episodes of uh, season one of the Flavor of Love, um, where we'll be covering, you know, um, one of the most iconic reality dating shows of all time. It had- I only
0: remember one thing about Flavor of Love. And that's
1: and that's probably the good thing to remember,
0: actually, right? That's probably the thing you're going to talk about.
1: Uh, we will we will touch on that for sure. But there are some other things we got to <laughs> discuss uh, as well. But yeah, it's an iconic te- television show. It's it's birthed so many other shows. Like you get Flavor of Love, you get Rock of Love, you get Daisy of Love, you get Tool Academy, you get you know I, I Love Money. I think um it was just one, like the precursor to. Hey, let's get these absurd individuals that are too absurd for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette to be on a, a dating show. And Flavor of Love pioneered that. And so we're going to talk about it. Aside from that, I think I'm, I'm good until next week. To, uh, yeah, but I don't have anything else on the horizon. What about you?
0: Uh, well, last week I was on one of my favorite podcasts, the Extra Hot Great Podcast, yes. which is a TV survey um show where we talk about everything that's happening in the world of TV. And it has been, these are people whose content I've been following for literally since I've been on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been at this TV snark gig for 20 years and I've been there since almost day one. So it was really exciting to get to be on the podcast with them and to get to play game time, um, which I was very nervous about and I did okay. So mm-hmm. you can check that out at uh, extra hot, I think you follow Extra Hot Podcast on Twitter and you can get the link to that or just search for Extra Hot Great in your podcatcher of choice to hear that. And then other than that, I am not doing anything because I had a very rough few weeks of work. I'm trying to limit myself to maximum two podcasts a week until I get out from under all of this. And so I am basically just doing zombies every week with you, Chappelle. And that is more than enough for me. Um, I'm here for any guest spots people want to do, but I'm only doing one guest spot a week. So get at me if you want that. And I might (laughs) turn you down because I'm full up on podcasts.
1: Oh, no. Um, I understand.
0: I I know you do. Hardest second hardest working man in podcasting after our boy Rob Zestronino.
1: Oh, I I thought I was going to be third after Mike Bloom. He ate a snake. Mm. Yeah, but that's not
0: work for Mike. That's just what he is.
1: Yeah, I, we, we always plug the patron discord for uh, PostShowRecaps.com and uh, all our good friends over there the, in the Patreon community. And I just have to say this. If you guys have not seen Mike Bloom eat a snake, you are missing <laughs> out. Uh, first of all, Mike Bloom is my Regina George. He ate a snake so I too will eat a snake. I don't know if I will record <laughs> myself eating said snake, but I am fascinated by Mike Bloom. I'm very happy that he did that and that's the kind of shenanigans we have at Post Show Recaps, And so Yeah, it's the beginning of the month. Jess, it's time. People need to be uh, signing up to be patrons.
0: Get on board. Um, And one of the many patron perks, uh, if you go to postshowrecaps.com slash patron or patreon.com slash postshowrecaps, you can find out about the many patron perks. I think the biggest one at this point, $10 level and above, you get access to a private Discord server where you can see strange things like Mike Bloom eating a snake. And apparently Chappelle grabbing you by the collar and making you stand in front of Mike Bloom eating a snake until you tell him what you see. Yes. Um. But there are, there's a book club, there are screening parties, there are discussion groups, there's a Brant Steel, there's a casino that is run by Wario for some reason. And there are so many other strange and interesting things going on in the Post Show Recaps Discord. There's also a merch tier on our Patreon where you can get Wigglers, Wombats, hats, and other fun PSR stuff. So that helps us keep the lights on. We are really appreciative of all of our existing patrons. And if that's something you feel like you want to get in on, now is the best time possible. So just hit us up again. That's postshowrecaps.com slash patron or patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. So Chappelle, if people want to tell us what they think of our theories or just tell you to stop accosting people about staring at the Mike Bloom tree zombie, where can we (laughs) follow you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-S underscore show where I am tweeting about television mostly. Um, look, Um It gets political sometimes, but being black is political. You know, come at me. Mm. And, ooh, there is I do have a patron secret, though. For the ooh. people. Yeah. So one of the patron perks that you might see me tweeting about in a few days is that the, pa- the patrons, they play Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Ah, I, they're making I you have, do that, huh? I've never
1: played the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I was uh, on the other end of the spectrum of people who were playing that game when I was in high school. I was definitely on the like push people into locker side of that, and so uh, not the I was the pushy pusher, not the pushy. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so now I get to get pushed into the locker of Dungeons and Dragons. And so, um, allegedly, so this is secret, top secret, but we mm-hmm. ha- we might have a private secret game that nobody will ever see of Dungeons and Dragons on the horizon for me. And if I like it a lot, I might participate in some public ones in the in the Patreon Discord. So that's something that you might see me tweeting about uh, not so cryptically in the next few days.
0: That sounds very cool, Chappelle. And I, for one, would love to see it. Although I was on the opposite opposite spectrum of that. I was like, guys, can I play in your D&D game? And they're like, <laughs> no, get out of here, nerd. So... That's where I'm coming from on this. I feel like we meet in the middle and the mid in the middle there's a D game. Mm. Is there and a it's
1: D&D, not D&D even game, called for, a game? Yeah, is it but is it is for it, us
0: though? I don't know if it's for us. I think we're kind of on the outside looking in here. But I will stare at it for a little while, I'll tell you what I see later on.
1: Okay, because I was gonna say, since you wanna take a break from podcasting as much, mm. you you might want to spend some time with Chappelle and the Discord playing <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons one day. We'll see. Okay. we'll see. We'll see where we're at. <laughs> I'm going to send Grace after you. She's going to go get you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Haymaker Hattie. And if you want to send us an email about anything to do with The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Walking Dead World Beyond, or, or just yell at us for any of the shows that we spoil on this podcast, you can email us at TWD at PushaRecaps.com. That comes straight into our inboxes. And maybe we'll read your email on the show. Um, we want to thank everybody once again for tuning in to this podcast madness, for supporting us on Patreon, for tweeting at us, giving us valuable feedback, rating and reviewing and sending us emails. And we, I think that's about it. Chappelle, I got to go stare at this tree zombie a little bit more. Um, so thank to you, thanks to you for turning me on to this amazing cult and <laughs> omelets on me next time I see you.
1: Hey Amen. I'm down with all of that. And thank you, uh, All right. listeners. We'll talk to you next time, I guess.
0: <laughs> Alright, bye everyone.